because he's holy and pray, and that hopefully will get people to come in. And and, uh, and then after I'm done praying, I want to invite Sam Miles up. Sam is pastor of Midtown Baptist Temple. Most of us all know Sam. Some of you newer folks to HBF may not know uh, Sam, but he pastors a church up in Kansas City, a church plant out of our same sending church, Kansas City Baptist Temple, uh, a different few years later. And uh, God's done a great job. They're just up the high, up the street. 40th and Walnut up the street from UMKC, and God's blessed them with an awesome uh, ministry. It's been awesome to watch God grow it from the first day till now. Prolific missions and, and uh, of course, discipleship, but also church planning, uh, of which we're supporting and helping with some of that ourselves. And so I wanted to have him in because, honestly, I don't know a church right now that's planning as many churches and doing everything I just talked about um, like Midtown. So I'm super thankful that, that Sam has time to come and do that. So let's pray, and uh, hopefully everybody will get gathered. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, this next session coming up. I pray for Sam as he teaches. Lord, just bless him. Uh, thank you, Lord, for just the opportunities that uh, we all have. It doesn't matter uh, the size of church or, uh, or what have you, Lord. We all have opportunities to be a part of the mission of God and are part of this process. So we're thankful for the opportunity to have Sam here, and we rejoice in all that, uh, God, you're doing through the ministry of uh, Midtown uh, Baptist Temple. We pray a blessing now as he speaks to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yeah, I think it's going to be super hard for us to all focus and pay attention and get anything done because there is some serious mojo happening at that end of the building. <laughs> I can smell it. And that's like I, I had breakfast because I didn't know what was happening this morning. I had breakfast again. And as you're wrapping up in the last session, my stomach started growling because I'm smelling. Man, praise the Lord. Well, okay, yeah, so I'm, my, my task as I understand it is to just share with you this morning what we're doing at MBT to, to plant churches. And, and uh, as you listen to what I share with you, it, it will become obvious that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> And we're figuring it out as we go. That's that. I mean, we have we have an approach that that we were trained in, and and so Lord willing, I'll I'll be able to expand on the last point that that Pastor Hedges made in the last session. But you know, one of the things that Brian said was, when your church starts, you have to you have to start with a church planting goal, a church planting mentality in mind. You have to have that philosophy built in. To, to, to what the church is, uh, otherwise, and, and, and really the way he said it is almost like one of the, the, the drums that I've been beating consistently for the last 15 years at MBT, and it's, you know, the, the danger of just going through the motions, holding services, just going from, you know, the typical church, the typical uh, pastor, the typical staff, everybody's wound up about what's going to happen on Sunday. The mentality is Sunday's the big show, and we have to make sure that that everybody that comes, they get wowed to enough level that they'll want to come back, and maybe they'll be, bring a friend. And And the idea, to his point, is, is success is measured on how big you can get. And so from the beginning, my approach at MBT was I'm not here to play Church. I'm not here to play at church like little children play at house. You know how little kids play house. Um, you be the mommy, you be the daddy, I'll be the police officer. 
that breaks up the fight. You know, like, like they play house. There's, there's a form there, but there's no reality. And, uh, I, man, I just, I, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to just hold services. I want to be a part of something that's winning souls, making disciples, training and equipping people, and then reproducing around the world. And so from, from day one, what we said was, can a little church from the hood rock the nations for the glory of Christ? And the answer to that question is, so help us God by his grace, we will. That's, that's what we're going to do. Okay, so, you know, this is, this is common in our fellowship of churches. You know, our approach to the Bible is faith-based. We, we hold to a faith-based view of God's word. We believe what the Bible says in Psalm 119, that God's word is settled in heaven. Um, we believe that he's founded them forever. Psalms 12, 6, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Every believer has the certainty of the words of truth. They can know what God has said. We don't have to be left guessing about what God's thinking, what God expects from us, what God wants us to do. He wants us to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And you see that from Genesis to Revelation, the idea that God is building his kingdom, and it pleases him to use us to do so. So we got, I mean, we've got a, we, we, we believe that the, the Bible is God's word. I mean, we just believe that. That God himself has clued us in. Man, praise the Lord. What confidence that gives us. Well, you also have to have a faith-based view of the work of God. Just like the work of God, or the word of God, by faith, you, you, you believe it and you receive it. And the evidences are there. But at the end of the day, you either believe that the Bible is the word of God or not. Well, you have to also take a faith-based approach to the work of God. You know, all that God empowers, right, all that God calls his people to, he's going to empower them to perform. So you have to believe that. Right? You remember Moses getting called out to do a work. And all the excuses and reasons for why he couldn't do it. And uh, eventually ended up aggravating the Lord. I mean, if God's with him in this work, then he can do it. And sure enough, he could. Um, you have to have a faith-based view of the work of God. Uh, we, it was forced on us. Okay, um, So I'll just t- tell you a few short stories. If I heard it once, I heard it 20 times in the early days. Uh, nothing works here, meaning in Westport. Uh, the guy that sold us the building uh, is a good man, good, I mean, did a lot of plowing, gave the gospel faithfully over the years, and, and um, his health was bad. Uh, he had issues in his family, and he just shared with me. He says, you know, it's, 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 it's a battle. And nothing works here. This is Satan's seat. That's what he said. In this region, in this area, this is Satan's seat. And it's like, well, I wish you'd have said something that before I signed the paperwork on this building, you know? Like, but, you know, I got what he was saying. And, and uh, I believe that God used his labor and his effort probably to soften the ground for us. I mean, who knows? We're going to find out how it all worked, it worked out in heaven. Uh, but, but, but I'm hearing over and over again, nothing works here. Uh, we would get calls. Uh, this is two phone calls. 
voicemail messages that sounded like they were from the devil himself. And they basically went like, what do you think you're doing here? These, this is my town. These are my people. You can't have them. I'm like, one of the voices I actually didn't recognize. It was a guy that visited the church one time. And I'm thinking, so help me God by his grace. Long after you're gone, right? God called me here. I'll be preaching the gospel. People would say you can't reach people in the urban core or in an urban core, you know, in a rough setting. You can't do it with a King James Bible and a discipleship ministry philosophy. Well, that's what I'm trained on. <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to do <laughs> if I can't do that? Nothing works. Well, God works. Okay, Faith says God works, and if God's called us to the work, he's going to enable us to perform what he's called us to. And so we believe that the word of God, carried by the people of God and the power of the spirit of God, fulfills the work of God. The word is enough. The word of God does the work. You know what the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12? It's alive. The word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, people hear that faith comes by hearing and hearing by believing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit takes the sword of God's word and he separates the fleshly part of a man from a spirit, the spiritual part of a man. Uh, it is a supernatural operation of God made without hands. Colossians 2 describes it as the circumcision of the flesh and and, and, and then now we're born, we're new creatures. Our, our old life has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, and it's just like Joseph in Genesis. He's got all the life. Everybody's dead. I mean, they're all dead men walking. If they want life, they have to come to Joseph. And by the end of that story in Genesis 47, what do you have? Everybody is completely surrendered to his lordship. So what starts with is, I just need life. Pretty soon, you're like lock, stock, and barrel. He owns you. Uh, he, he, he absolutely has you, and, and Lord willing, he has his way with your life. So nothing, because nothing is supposed to work, I just decided I wasn't going to read books on church planting. Um, because, I mean, I'm doing the math on this. If nothing works, everybody's looking at the same data sets. Well, if I do what everybody else says to do, we're cooked from the beginning. And so, you know, um, I figured if Solomon had to pray, Lord, you're going to have to, you're going to have to lead me because I'm like a little kid. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to do the same thing. I'm going to have to stay humble before the Lord and say, God, you know, you of all people know, I don't know what I'm doing. But again, I'm, I'm counting on you to make sure that my life is fruitful and productive for you. And so I'm the I'm probably the, the 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 most clueless kid you have, and so you're going to have to take me by the hand. <laughs> you're going to have to lead, guide, and direct me. And so help me, God, by your grace. That's what you're going to do. I'm trusting you for that. So I didn't follow some church planting book or methodology, uh, some philosophy because nothing's supposed to work anyway. I just followed what I saw in the Word. I trusted that the training I received was what I was supposed to know in order to be effective in the work. And so I trusted God to make a way. So we had to be set up to plant churches. We couldn't just hold services at 40th and Walnut. And again, to Brian's point in the last session, it's not how big your church grows. Okay, like this is this, this Genesis 
chapter you know, 10 and 11 mentality and ministry. What are we doing? Well, we're just trying to build this tower and make a name for ourselves. We don't want people scattering. We want to just see how many people we can amass in one place. And that's not what the king told us to do. We're supposed to be fruitful. We're supposed to multiply. We're supposed to take this planet for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And you can't do that by sequestering everybody in one hole, in one pocket, uh, someplace on the planet. And so I, I don't want to just hold services. What we do has to result in people getting one trained up and sent. And so, you know, we... We made some decisions about that. Uh, we, from the beginning, said we're going to be we're going to trust God to use a little church in the hood to rock the nations for His glory. Uh, and so we we bought off on corporate prayer from the beginning. You ask, you know, somebody asked me how how is it that we're planting churches? Uh, we're praying. <laughs> That's how it's happening. Uh, our our midweek service was at capacity. We had to actually restore the balcony so that we'd have room for our Tuesday night prayer ministry meeting at MBT. People, people pray. God answers prayer. More people get bought in on the fact that God wants to make the promises of his word reality in the life of believers. And so more and more people are praying, and, and we're calling on the Lord to use us for his glory to rock the nations. And, um, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. And so what we had to do is we had to keep a vision of being a church planting church in front of God's people. Um, we prayed along those lines, but then we did some practical things. I, I learned this at KCBT. Uh, we took 10% of everything that came in, and that automatically was set aside for missions, period. The church, at a minimum, will tithe. And I thought, wow, that's a great starting place. And, you know, when we started... Financially, we were not rolling, okay? Um, we had, like we had a handful of children. There's no, there, were, there was a lot of our building that didn't have heat. So we were using space heaters to try to stay warm in the winter. The kids, like our, our, our kids' ministry activity table was this big heavy-duty cardboard box. We had a cardboard box for a kid's workstation in the, in the children's ministry. And, and then when they had to go potty, they would start crying in the winter because we'd make them wash their hands in the ice cold water <laughs> get their hands washed. I, you know, I think somebody came up with some Purell or something eventually, but I mean, just stuff like that. We, we were not rolling when we started. And, and so, you know, I told people, it's like, look, we're going to have to secure a home for the ministry that God's called us to. But at the same time, let's not, let's not play at this. Let's trust the Lord to keep prioritizing missions and our giving and when this church is at full maturity, let's trust the Lord that fully 50% of our budget is not spent on ministry in and from 40th and Walnut, but that it's invested in seeing the kingdom multiplied around the world. If we do that today as a new church plant, we'll just hemorrhage and die, <laughs> okay? Let's start with 10%. Let's start with obedience. Let's start with faith. You know, let's start there. And we're growing in that. Um, I'm, you know, I, let's not compare ourselves among ourselves. Let's be wise. Okay. I'm just, this is how God's led us. And this is what we're doing. Uh, this year, I'll, our, our financial year goes from April to March every year. And so in May, I give the business report to our church and, um, I'll report on a much larger budget 
15 years later, a much larger budget than I did that first year when we were getting started. Uh, we have tables for our children now. They have chairs to set in. They've got warm water to wash their hands in. God's been good to us. Um, but, but I will be giving, uh, I don't know, you know, we're still working on the numbers. We're still processing last year's budget. But, but last year, uh, the, the missions giving was over 40% of our total budget. And uh, so help us, God, by his grace, at maturity, we will be a church that, that 50% of our budget goes to the four corners of the earth to see ministry multiply. We will not spend it on our ministry at 40th and Walnut. So you got, you got to keep the vision in front of people. People got to get trained. I was right there with Brian. I was so excited. We just went him to Christ and get him through D2, and then I'll send him to Shepherd School and and, uh, man, that's great. And, and uh, I was, you know, like Bible school is a lot of work. And uh, I taught a couple classes already for Shepherd School, and I'm thinking, mm, planning a church is a lot of work. It just doesn't get any better than this. I mean, this, this you know, mom's just eight miles up the road, and we can just send our Bible school students there, and it's going to work out great. And then the students started coming back, and they started telling me, Pastor, I don't think, I don't think the Bible school is what you think it is. And uh, so I do do some inquiry, and I'm, it becomes clear very quickly. We got to start a Bible school. We got to train people up. We got to take that responsibility. Um, you know, again, LFBI, the Living Faith Bible Institute. We've got students now all over the world. Um, over half of the student body is from Midtown Baptist Temple. Um, we're we're pushing an every member a minister approach, right? Everyone needs to learn their Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you need to learn how to use it in the lives of people. Why? Because God wants to use you in the lives of people, so you need to know how to handle your sword. And so we 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 push that training. Uh, nobody's forced to take it, but everybody ought to see why they need to get that training. They got to see that they matter and that they can be fruitful at home. They need to see that they're a part of the mission being accomplished. People need to see that they're actually an effective part of of a local church that's winning souls, making disciples, training and sending people. And it's and it's and it's at this point where the the, the philosophy sets the tone for everything that a church is going to do. I'm I'm convinced of this. Uh, if the church's philosophy is Sunday has to rock so that people want to come back, um, and again, it doesn't matter how big we get, right? We don't want that Genesis 11 mentality. We want a Genesis 1 or Genesis 9 mentality. We want to be fruitful. We want to multiply. We want to replenish the earth with disciples, sons of God. Um, so I have never been concerned you know it's you get pastors in a room i've just seen this for so many years within within an hour you know everybody knows who has the biggest church and it's kind of like, man let's not compare ourselves among ourselves there's no wisdom there there's nothing what, what let's keep our eyes on the king what's he saying so i tell our church right it doesn't matter how many people come to 40th and walnut doesn't matter how big that you know God builds his church here what matters is how big 
we build the word and the person of God up in the lives of people. We have an edification responsibility to the people that God sends us. So we need to be faithful with, with that. That's everything. And that catches. People can catch that vision. And once they catch that vision and they see, oh, I'm actually supposed to be a part, a, a functional part of this Ephesians 4 ministry, uh, this then this then just impacts everything from children's ministry to the outreach to the evangelism, uh, discipleship, uh, training. <clears throat> because every member is a minister, everybody's getting trained on the job. And so as we do the work of the ministry, the ministers are getting trained and then as the ministry progresses, our people are built up in their faith, right? We, one of the ways that, that, that we'll say this is we don't use ministry to, or we don't use, we, we don't use people to build the ministry. We use the ministry to build people. Well, people do build the ministry. I mean, that's what God uses, right? But, but in terms of where the priority is set, it has to be on this work that God's given us to, to do as a local church. We're going to use that to train up every member as a minister. This is the place where you get proven in ministry. This is the place where you can be shown fruitful in ministry. And as the, and as the growing members get proven out as ministers, right, they're learning the key tools that we're using as a local church in order to be fruitful. They learn that the word of God works. They learn how to reach people for Christ. They learn how to effectively build them up in their faith. And then they learn that they can do it anywhere in the world. And so we got to trust the Holy Spirit to superintend the sending. I'm right there with, I'm, I'm right there with Pastor Hedges, man. I, you know, if, if I get the bit in my teeth and I'm going to just start sending people because that's what we have to do. And I'm going to tell people where they need to go, what they need to do. Like if I'm the one that's superintending the sending, I feel like I'll blow that really quick because man, who do you really know? I mean, like, really, no. So, so I'll give you a great example. We get people that beg us to send them people. And I'll, and I'll tell them, bro, I don't think you want that. I think what you want is to win and train your own leaders. I think that's what you want. I think you want to have your disciple with you in ministry leadership. I think that's, that's what you want. Uh, I'll put it in front of our, 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 our growing leaders and I'll tell them to prayerfully consider it and, and I'll give them liberty to contact you directly or whatever. You know, I mean, just like, I don't want to get in the way of anything that God's doing in the life of anyone at MBT. I'd hate to find out I was in the way of somebody being fruitful. I'd find that out at the judgment seat of Christ, you know. I'm desperate that God superintends the thing. In the in the in just the couple of rare cases where it did work out that we sent them someone, it ultimately did not work out when they got there. So I, I'm, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually scared to say to someone, you know, I think you've got to call God on your life. You need to really be praying about, well, you need to really be praying about Toronto, Canada. God's going to say, now, we're sending teams to Toronto, Canada. I'll tell you why in just a second. The Holy Spirit has to superintend the sending. When Mark was sent out, uh, we counted, we all counted the cost on that. Mark Schaefer goes to Tampa and, bro, it's going to be hard, you know. You're in another part of the state. We don't have any easy contacts. It's going to be hard slogging from, you're going to be just, 
five to eight years just getting something established. And, and we sent a ton of teams down there, and, and Mark got a lot of support. We would send members. Uh, I think the overall team uh, from MBT is right around 10 people that ended up moving uh, to Tampa. Uh, but it was. It was hard slogging. Uh, you know, Mark had four or five people that he was discipling, and, and there was no church in, in sight, <laughs> you know, the, in those early days. You know, finally we just said, we, we got to get full of faith. Let's start envisioning what you have to be a church plant. And uh, boom, we took, you know, it was pretty great. I was there a couple weeks ago for their dedication Sunday, and uh, they had their largest attendance yet. That building was filled up. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> they're going to have to go to two services pretty soon. Praise the Lord. Um, they're not a church plant anymore. It's an established church. They're already praying about, I mean, they're, they got people going through the Bible school. I mean, they're, they're, they're rolling. With Mark, the, the tough thing was sending a small team to a place where we had nothing, no resources, no contacts. When Dan, the, the Bible study started multiplying in Lee Summit, you know, with Dan, it's going to be a much larger team that goes with him. And so we told everyone, look, you, you need to pray about it. Uh, you may think that God ha- has you here. You, you better ask him because he may have you with Dan starting this new church plan. Or, or you may feel like you want to go and do something new and exciting. But God, does, if he, you don't, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want what you want. You des- Trust me, you desperately want what God is leading you to do. That's what you want. Uh, you go out and get a life for yourself. That will be the best that you can produce. What you want to do is you want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. God will confirm that through his word, the witness of your heart. But then you've got pastors that are here. If you think you're called to go with Dan, talk to at least two of our pastors. And if you can sell them on it, we'll send you. And I told our church, I said, we're in trouble. It's going to be a big group and a lot of cash that's leaving. And we love all these people. It's not a church split. We sent them. And it was tough. We loved them. Like, I didn't, there's a part of me that's so excited about them going, but another part of me that's brokenhearted that I'm not going to see these people every week. And, and um, I, I, told, I told everybody else, um, look, these guys, they're going, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have postpartum depression. There's just no way around it. Uh, we're going to miss them. Uh, we're gonna feel, we're gonna feel the gaps, we're gonna feel the holes, we're gonna feel the hurt, we're gonna feel the loss, and, and then we're gonna have to tighten up our, 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 I mean, we're just gonna have to tighten up financially. We're, it's not only are they taking cash, but we actually have to send cash with them to help them get established. Planning a church is expensive, and so, we sent them. Um, I think the Holy Spirit superintended all of that. We didn't have time to get depressed, um, and the budget grew that year. It was amazing. Uh, it was almost like Dan and his group was in the way. Our, our church grew, grew like it never come <laughs> before. It's like good riddance. Finally, we're getting something done. No, it's uh, no God was in it. It pleased the Lord, and so He blessed both groups. And, and man, Dan's praise the Lord. They're rolling. People have to hear from the Lord. Now, I'm full of faith that they will. And I think as pastors, that's really key, is we have to, it's a faith-based approach to the work of God. And so I just believe that God's going to speak to his people. If God can lead and guide and direct me, he can do it for you. 
Um, you know, just even on the simple things. My mother-in-law's health was getting it was get, it was getting bad, and uh, we recognized she wasn't going to be able to live on her own for much longer. And I don't know a lot about the housing market, um, building, remodeling. <clears throat> I, I can do a lot, but it's like, do I remodel my house and move my mother-in-law in? Do we do we sell both houses and find another place that we can slide into? Man, I just don't know. Um, Cheryl and I had a two-day conversation about it, and our conclusion was is we don't know what to do. God's going to have to show us. Like, he's going to have to because we literally don't know what to do. And so we prayed. I, I just asked the church that Tuesday night, please pray for me and my family. We have a big decision in front of us, and we don't know what to do, and we're full of faith. God, God is going to lead, guide, and direct us. Uh, the, on Wednesdays, we have a staff prayer ministry meeting, and, and some of the older people that, that, that won't come to the hood on Tuesday night will join the staff uh, for Wednesday's staff prayer meeting. And after the prayer meeting, so they weren't there. They weren't privy to any of the conversations. This couple, uh, the gentleman comes up to me, and he says, Sam, I, I, I'm thinking about selling one of my houses, and if I do, would you be interested in buying it? And uh, he says, uh, we had a conversation 20 years ago that makes me think it'll be ideal for you. <laughs> I don't remember that conversation. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously I'm interested. Like, bro, we've literally been praying about this for the last two and a half days. And so, yeah, of course I'm interested. Long story short, he didn't know whether or not he wanted to sell it. Uh, I'm, I'm just moving forward to get my house ready to sell. And I'm at the point now where I got to know, like I have to know if I'm remodeling this for my mother-in-law or I'm flipping it to sell it because that's going to change what I have to do. And I'm telling Cheryl, I'm like, we're going to find out today because I'm running out of work today. God's going to have to show us because we don't know what, nothing's changed. We still don't know what to do. While we're having the conversation, he calls and he says, yeah, we're, we're selling. Are you interested? And so we bought, it's a house that it, it works really well for my mother-in-law. And, and you, in other words, I'm at perfect peace. I didn't go house hunting. I didn't have to. I knew, I, I trusted that the Lord would lead, guide, and direct me for his glory. He's not going to get me in over my head. He's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to put me in a no-win situation. If he can do that for me, he can do that for anyone. So God is going to speak to the members of MBT about where he wants them, serving him in ministry. Uh, I've never had, you're going to find out, I mean, well, here it is. You're going to know something that my own son doesn't know. My youngest, I am personally convinced God's calling them into the pastorate. Uh, he is, I mean, of all my, of my three children, he is gifted superbly gifted with people. He's a gifted communicator. Uh, His heart, what God's doing with his heart, I mean, his heart before the Lord, it's just wonderful to watch the whole thing happen. I mean, the kid's 19 years old, and he's still just trying to figure out how to witness. (laughs) He's he's still working on his witness, you know. Um, But it's from the time he was 12 years old, I've been personally convinced that, that God's calling him into the pastorate. And he's, I'm not saying my kids are bright or smart. He's 19. He still hasn't figured it out. I'm not telling him. I am not going to have that conversation with my son. If God wants him in pastoral ministry, I'm full of faith. God will put him in pastoral ministry. And he won't be there because he heard it from me. 
where he felt pressure from me. It wasn't me that led, guided, and directed him into that specific role that God has for him in life. He has to hear from the Lord. Because let me tell you something, pastoring is like one of the greatest jobs in the world, and it's one of the worst jobs in the world. And when you're in one of those phases where it's one of the worst jobs in the world, you better have heard from the Lord. Because if you're there because somebody else told you you had to be there, you ain't going to make it. And you will get mad and bitter and quit, and you'll start stealing other people's money, other people's women. I mean, like, the legends are, I mean, they're out there. And so that boy, so help me God by his grace, he's going to hear from the Lord. And what if I'm wrong? Maybe I'm reading it wrong. And the last thing I want for him is some life that God didn't call him to. So I I, got to be full of faith that God is going to lead, guide, and direct our, our, our members. Now, we can't just send anybody. They have to be proven leaders. Brian just called it key men, right? What's key man? Well, it's that person that actually has shown themselves able to teach others also. They're actually abiding in Christ because they are fruitful. They have much fruit. Their fruit is remaining. You know, if they're not proven right here where God has them, mature, fruitful, doing right now exactly what the Word of God instructs them to do. I mean, by the way, if you're not fruitful in in your local, if you're not fruitful right now where God has you moving to another location will not produce a change in your potential later. Let me say it maybe another way. Your geography doesn't make, right, a change of geography does not make you a better quality person. You have to be that person that's faithful in few things, right? Luke 16, 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Can you be fruitful as a member of Midtown Baptist Temple? Once you're proven fruitful, man, praise the Lord. God can use you to be fruitful any place on the planet. And again, this is why we have this motto, every member, a minister. Proven leaders grow in ministry within the context of the local church. And so we want to send guys who are actually productive, fruitful, faithful. That's who we want to send and support. You know, and again, um, Brian alluded to all of that in the last session with just how he did ministry. Um, you, just, you see it in how he and Barnabas did ministry. You see it in the development of Timothy, Titus, and Silas, John, Mark, uh, Luke. You know, you see that investment taking place. So we want to send proven men, right? They're, 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 they, they, they know how to operate within their God-given gifting. And we want to send them with proven ministry tools, and a proven ministry philosophy. Okay, so I expanded on it a little bit. You know, key men, key tools, key cities. Uh, that can be confusing for some people, and so let, we'll just expand it just a bit, right? We want to send proven leaders, proven fruitful, proven faithful leaders with proven ministry tools. You can come up with something and say it's a key tool, but if it's not, if it's not working to produce souls saved, disciples made, and people can't get trained up in the ministry to do like you're. Can I say peeing up a rope here? Okay, I didn't know. Some places you can't say that. You're peeing up a rope, inefficient and messy, right? That's all you're doing is just making a mess. And so don't do that. And then you have to have a proven ministry philosophy. The approach to ministry matters. Okay, so for us at MBT, um, uh, you know, we started with confrontational evangelism. Maybe some of you guys went out with us on a Saturday morning. 
to go engage Midtown and invite them to come be a part of what God was doing at 40th and Walnut. And we were praying and trusting God to open doors for the gospel. And we did that. We did that for years. Uh, we still have people that do. We, we're still bought in on confrontational evangelism, but that's not what we're pushing now. I um, was going to a missions conference with a friend in France, and, and I needed to go see her missionary in Spain, and, and I was going to do a, a conference in Albania. And so it's this tour of Europe. I was going to be gone for a long time, and I, I said, Lord, I'm trusting you to to know what the right approach is uh, for MBT in terms of the big engine of evangelism. I'm going to trust you for your leading in that. And, uh, Lord, if, if it could look like our fifth grade kid town class, that's what I want. And our fifth grade kid town class, uh, what the, the teachers did is they, they, they prepared, okay? That's critical. Um, they, they didn't wing it. They were prepared on some passages, but they led the kids – to discover what the Bible, they, they wanted to teach them inductive Bible study. And so these fifth graders are all together, and they're just reading the passage, and they're helping each other understand what it says. And then the, the, the Sunday school teacher is leading them to discover what it means, how does it apply to our life, what should this produce in us, what is God saying to us, and then we have to, you know, how do we obey this? How do we submit to that? Man, kids were getting it. I mean, they're reading and understanding their King James Bible. They're helping the newbies get, get a handle on it. And every, the, the engagement was total. And it was the most fruitful part of our, ch- our, our children's ministry, our Kid Town uh, Sunday School ministry. Kids started getting saved. I mean, it was just really cool. I'm like, man, if our evangelism could just look like Bible studies that are leading people to Christ, you know, Lord, what does that look like? And, and so I'm in France and I'm sharing it with the missionaries there. And what I'm trusting the Lord for, and, and the missionary wife says, oh, you're talking about Discovery Bible Method. Uh, that, that, that's what you're like, what? So she gave me like three pages of notes. She says, here, this is what we're doing. And I read through it, and I'm like, Eureka, that's it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm trusting the Lord for. And so I'm all in now on from Genesis to Jesus, creation to Christ, starting Bible studies with the lost, with the go or having a creation to Christ discovery Bible study that we're inviting the lost to come be a part of. And so I came home and I said, okay, Lord, I'm all, you know, I'm going to trust you for this because I'm tired of hearing report after report week after week of how many people make professions of faith. And I don't ever see the disciples. It's not working. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Okay. People come to Christ in a one-off, just a couple minute conversation on the street, man, praise the Lord. But that's not the mission. That's a component. That's just a part of it. We're supposed to make disciples that will make disciples. We're supposed to make disciples indeed, right? Disciples that will make disciples. And so, Pastor, five people made professions of faith last night. Man, it was so great. Where are they? How come they're not with you? And so, and so I, I, again, I, I don't wet blanket that at all. We still do that at MBT. But what the, the drum that we beat is Bible study, evangelistic Bible study. And so I was like, Lord, you'll have to give me one so I can just kind of feel it out. And, and um, long story short, God gave me the neighborhood swim coach. And uh, whenever I asked him, I remembered what my line was. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm always looking for people to start a Bible study with. Would you like to start a Bible study together? <laughs> you would do that? Wow, that's amazing. Oh, that's incredible. 
The only time that he had free was before swim practice on the morning. So I'd go down to the neighborhood pool deck and, and do Bible study with the swim coach from Genesis to John, Genesis to Jesus, creation to Christ. And we're just walking through these passages where the word of God is speaking to this young Catholic man. Uh, it was amazing. And when it was all said and done, he makes a profession of faith. He's moved out east now, but but uh, that swim season, I couldn't figure it out. Like all these people were coming up to me, and they're just like pouring their heart out to me about problems in their marriage. And problems. I'm, like, I'm thinking, you don't know me. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And all of a sudden, one day, it clicked at one of the swim meets. It's like, oh, they saw me. They're obviously talking, you know, because as we're wrapping up, the kids are coming to swim practice. And so there's Coach with his Bible open with one of the swim dads. <laughs> And, uh, and then word gets, oh, yeah, he's a pastor. Man, there were so many open doors for the gospel with other people because they knew that I was studying the Bible with Coach. This is incredible. So we implemented that at MBT. That This is now a key tool for us. Why? It's proven. Now, over and over again, we have people, with the, the testimonies when people get baptized are, are just wonderful. Um, Sarah asked me to start a Bible study, and I did, and and I ended up coming to Christ, and, and I got saved, and then we just started going through the discipleship lessons, and and last week we covered the lesson on baptism, so here I am. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's so wonderful. It's a proven tool for us. Um, if our church isn't winning people to Christ, we're going to always be struggling with discipleship, right? So we gotta we got to do that. Obviously, our discipleship tools and philosophy. That's a key tool. Our Friends of International Ministry is another key tool for us. It is pro- it's a proven tool. It's a fruitful tool. Uh, kids come to Christ and, and uh, pray for us. One of the things that we're wrestling with is uh, kids will come to Christ, we'll start discipling them, and, and uh, before we can get them into the Bible school shoot, their, their F1 student visa runs out and they have to go home. And so we're, we're actually getting um, articulation agreements with accredited schools so that, and so it'll look like maybe we're partnering with some sketchy folks, but it's a means to an end. So you look at the LFBI website, we're posting those articulation agreements mainly for Uncle Sam because once we get enough of them, we're going to go to Washington and ask for the, the ability to grant F1 student visas so we can hang on to them for at least another year get them solidly into the Bible school shoot, and then when they go home, they can, they can continue. Um, now, what happens with international students is sometimes we end up, when they go home, they're looking for a like-minded church. We help them with that. Sometimes we have to follow them home. A great example of this would be Jeanette Bichage. Um, her visa ultimately comes to a close, and, and she has to go back to Nairobi. And, and uh, man, this sister... Almost three years, going from church to church, thinking she's found one. Come to find out, uh, the King James Church, dispensational church, the church that said, yeah, we need to get serious about discipleship. Come to find out they're going full-blown charismatic. Like, that was like the final straw for her. And I'm like, just go park in the mega church. We're going to figure this out. Just go park there. Let's figure this out. And I uh, just shared it with her. Uh, our folks, like, what are we going to do for Jeanette? And Jeanette comes back for Mission Focus, and she decides she's going to just start Bible studies. What else can she do? Man, she started winning people to Christ. It's like, now what are we going to do? Okay, 
you want to know how we're planning churches. We're just backing into it all the time. That's what we're doing. We're just trusting God to, to lead us, guide us, and direct us. Dan's Bible study in Lee Summit started blowing up. Oh, we must, we need to plan church. We got a key man, proven tools. Well, some of these, we've got the cart before the horse. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Jeanette's winning people to Christ, and we start, you know, I'm doing Zoom Bible studies with them. You know, COVID changed everything. Uh, we're, we're discipling people all over the world. Uh, the, 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 the group in Saigon, the, the overwhelming majority of that ministry has been through Zoom. And, yeah, we're sending a team, and, and we're going to trust God to plant a church, but we're already three generations deep into discipleship in Saigon already. We've got disciples who are discipling, and those disciples are now starting to disciple. I mean, it's just it's happening, and we've got the key man. All that, that team is is there, and, and so help us God. Uh, he should be on the ground by June this year with about roughly 10 people on the team. They're going. Um, but in Nairobi, we've got just as big a group. And discipleship, technically now, it is three generations deep. Uh, there's some sharp people, man. We're One guy, he's, he's, he's one semester away from having his law degree. Another one is the president of his student government at the university, uh, the largest university there. Uh, these, these are high-functioning people, but none of them are ready, to, obviously, to lead a church. And so what are we doing? We're actually trusting the Lord for the key man. Uh, in the meantime, we're sending key men to go pastor that church. Uh, Larry and Anita Smith, many of you know them. They've been there for a little over four weeks. Uh, we're just rotating them in. You, know, it's, you, you, want to talk about, you want to talk about circuit riding ministry. <laughs> you're, going, you're going to live in Africa for a month. Um, but so help us God by his grace. I'm full of faith. Maybe we're training the pastor for that work in the Living Faith Bible, Bible Institute. I don't know. Um, we've, got some, we've got some people in the church that are praying about it, making a, a, a multi-year commitment to go and, and pastor that, that growing group of believers and, and the, trust the Lord to establish local uh, indigenous, indigenous leadership. Um, the, uh, the approach to children's and students' ministry, like this has been proven fruitful. That's another key tool for us, cost of discipleship. Um, you know, it used to be that one out of ten would make it uh, and be a disciple maker. And I'd have to encourage people, don't give up. And once we started walking people through Luke 14 before we paired them, look, until this is your life, you're not ready. <laughs> once we did that, Roughly 75% of them go on to be disciple makers now. That was a big game changer for us. And so that, for us, is a key tool. Obviously, the discipleship ministry and approach, key tool. Uh, D2 through, through, through LFBI, another key tool for us. And so, you know, these are the things that the people that we're sending are going to reproduce. These are the things that they're going to do. In other words, they're going to do there what we're doing here. So we send proven men with proven tools and a proven ministry philosophy to prime locations. Um, in other words, who and what we have in Kansas City is what we're shipping. Everything reproduces after its own kind. So the local church ministry uh, that, that we're establishing there has to be focused. Okay, so reaching key cities. Uh, in a way where we can multiply our efforts. And this is something where uh, we would call it the napkin. Uh, when we, even when we were planting MBT, again, from the beginning, 
we said, this is, this is what we're trusting the Lord to do, to send key men with key tools to key cities. And the more of these places where ministry multiplies, then we've got a greater workforce where we can partner together to do more together than any one church could do on their own. And it's already kind of happening. You know, we sent a team to Tampa. We sent Mike to Boston at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns, which none of it makes sense. And it's like, it's another area where, bro, it's going to be a hard slog. But, oh, man, praise the Lord. The disciples are growing in Boston. It's amazing. Man, I'm so grateful for all of you, just the support that you've shown these guys. Um, God, God uses it to encourage them. Obviously, MBT, we've lost count of how many people and, and dollars that we've sent. But God, you know, God's using it all. And, 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 and guys like Mike and Mark are already talking about how to partner together to start churches with Andrew Ong, you know, to, 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 to plant churches, to work together to plant churches and, and, and see the ministry multiply around the world. So for us, when we're looking, uh, we're looking for what we call target-rich environments, particularly for our international student ministry. So we're looking for college towns. That's what we're doing, and that's what we pray for. Mike did not go to Boston because he thought it was cool. Boston is, well, it's the biggest college town in our, in our nation. It's the whole world comes to Boston to get an education. And so we want to we take advantage of that. Um, Toronto is another target-rich environment for us. And so we've got some people that have a burden for it. And, and so we're doing discovery trips just to see. And we're, we, we go there and we start Bible studies and we're just going to see what happens. We already think we have a couple of candidates for the key man for that. And, and they have the burden for the area. And, and again, I'm just trusting the Lord to superintend that. If God is in it, they will hear from the Lord. The fruit will be there. Our proven tools will actually be working. They'll be fruitful in that, in that prime location. And um, at the point where we can see that the discipleship ministry is beginning to multiply, we'll commission a local church. Um, I, haven't, I haven't set a hard, fast approach to church planning at MBT. I don't want to set a rigid structure that just ends up staying in the Spirit's way. Um, what we're doing is we're just learning our way forward, right? And so right now we're, we're on multi-fronts. Mark, uh, just this last year, went completely um, independent. I mean, financially everything. They're completely 100% on their own, and praise the Lord. Um, we're still sending teams. We're still supporting, but... but pretty wonderful to see. Uh, we've got a commitment in Boston that we'll be faithful to. We've got a commitment in, in Nairobi. We've got a commitment in Saigon, in Ho Chi Minh City. We have a commitment um, in Golden, Colorado. A guy I knew from way back at KCBT Days, Rob Sanders, he's got 30 people uh, gathering every week. Uh, they're discipling. Rob's discipling five guys right now. I mean, it's just they, you want to talk about that they started at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns too. They started church in Colorado, right? It's just right outside of Denver, Golden, uh, in winter in the park. So you get bundled up to go to, to go worship. That's how they started. And people came because <laughs> they're like desperate for contact. 
Um, and so we've got a commitment there. There's another guy that, that came through the, the Bible school and, and he's making disciples in Laramie, Wyoming. I'm a little worried that we're, we're so committed on so many fronts that we won't do a good job with any of them, right? Um, so that's one of the things that I have before the Lord. But I'll tell you this, um, and I tell this to our leaders all the time, I'd rather try and fail than be a scared little chicken and not try at all. Uh, we serve a big God. There's Philistines everywhere just begging for fat lips. Man, let's just go get them. <laughs> let's, let's go take territory for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go, you know, let's go, let's go engage in the battle and, and see what happens. And if we try and it doesn't work and somebody has to come home, man, we want you to come back home and you're a hero for trying, for endeavoring. Uh, but I think, you know, what we're trusting the Lord for, um, God's proving it out uh, as, as it moves forward. And so I, I just, I, sh- I just share all of that with you probably to confuse you, but, but that's, that's where we're at in MBT. Uh, praise the Lord. Appreciate your time. God bless you guys. It was good. I got I gleaned some things about that, and uh, when you when you uh, you don't want to over at least Pastor Sam doesn't want to overstructure the sending process. That was good, and you really it's hard to because you got to let the Lord lead. But I just appreciate um, all that God is doing, and uh, and your humility too. Um, it's uh, it's important that we trust the Lord for the fruit. So uh, one of the things that that uh, is interesting too is just is the the provenness of it. So if you're a practical, if you're a practical applier here at HBF, you know there's a process, there's a structure, and you each local church has its own you know culture, but you gotta you gotta be working within that to to get in on where God's taking the church. And so um, <clears throat> as you guys know, we partner here in a minute. You're gonna hear from Mike Blake. We're gonna take a break in a second, but. Um, we partner right now. We're helping with Boston. Uh, Mark Schaefer, you know, uh, he's a guy that we – I remember when Mark was praying about Tampa. And uh, up at your conference, Mike, and you're sitting there praying with him over Tampa. And uh, now he's – he's man, he's going, you know. And, I, and it's hard work, places like Boston, hard work. Uh, it's not as glorious as it sounds, but it is glorious, you know, for the right reasons, for God's glory. But it's it's excellent. Um, to be about the business of, of uh, accomplishing God's mission, God's power for God's glory, ultimately. And so uh, thank you, Sam, for sharing that and, and uh, challenging all of us and what we're doing to accomplish the mission right where we're at. One of the things I wanted to mention uh, throughout the course of this <clears throat> conference, if you're an HBF person, and just as, as far as advancing the ball, talking about confrontational evangelism, we're going to invite people just this week on Saturday. We're going to go taking it to the streets, and that's something anybody can do. Anybody, if you're looking for just something like, how do I get started in doing something? Maybe you just start coming to the church, or you're you're in discipleship one, or whatever, and you're just looking for to get in the battle. Like, I'm not ready to plant a church. I'm not ready for D2. I'm not ready for anything. Just what can I do? Well, just just come out Saturday, and we'll just we'll pair you up with somebody, and you'll you'll get a little taste of what the battle is just right where you live, right here in the Cass County area, just going, and, and, and we're obviously inviting people to Easter, but we're inviting them to Christ, and uh, and you can just do that. 
and God will open up the next thing, uh, and he'll show you how to get equipped so that you can be on mission, how you can pray effectively. One of the biggest things I, I really appreciate about what Sam was talking about was just praying. You know, people just, they're at Midtown, they're excited about praying, um, and they're serious about it. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that we could grow in at HBF. It's been on my heart for years, and, um, of course, I appreciate everybody that came out even over this conference. We had a prayer meeting on Saturday night. Uh, praying is really instrumental to all of this. And I like the fact that Sam doesn't say, I have all the answers. That's ultimately what Baptists try to do is we try to package everything and say, I got all the answers. But he's, on, he's honest enough to say, really, this is a work of God. So we really need to be dependent on God, his word, and, and his spirit. Obviously, he gives us methods, tools, as he's defined them. He gives us methods, uh, and those can vary depending on what church you're in, who, what's going on in your culture, context. But they work, right? They're proven tools. And so we need to be about the ministry of using those proven tools, and that will help us. So, man, thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. don't want to repeat everything you said, but I appreciated that. Let's stand stretch our legs. Take a break. Uh, we're going to have one last session. And uh, already, actually, we're actually pretty close to being on time. So praise the Lord. How'd that work? I don't know. So uh, uh, thank you, uh, Sam. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment just to, to reflect. And we want to praise you for what you're doing. Lord, I, as, I, as I contacted Sam to come to this conference, he was in Kenya uh, working on that project there. And, Lord, we heard what he said. Lord, I want to pray for Sam's, uh, uh, what he's doing with his, his house, Lord, and his, his family. Lord, uh, I ended at the last session talking about how that's such an important part of every pastor's life. It often gets overlooked. We pray for his mother-in-law. We pray for their transition to a new house. Uh, Lord, we pray, God, for what you're doing in the ministry. He, he asked us to pray about uh, and, and let us know, Lord, that, that you know there's a lot of theaters that they're involved in and a lot of moving parts. And, Lord, there's a lot of place, Lord, that, that could be given to the devil, um, not willingly but inadvertently as the, they're trying to accomplish the mission. So, Lord, we want to pray over Midtown right now and pray, God, that you'd protect them. Uh, as he said, Lord, we've seen a lot of uh, epic fails in the ministry because things uh, the devil gets in the details and so father we just want to pray for your protection on sam and cheryl lord their family we want to pray over uh, the vision lord and, and what he perceives you're doing in his son's life uh, lord we want to pray god for what you're doing at, at midtown lord just protect them and keep them uh, as uh, they are advancing the mission uh, literally globally um, as and, and lord we just pray god that you would protect uh, all of those that are engaged in that, uh, as you will protect these pastors and these churches that are represented here. Lord, we pray, God, and confess our dependency upon you, our need for you, uh, Lord, and our desire uh, to just be biblical and do what you have called us to do for your honor, for your glory, for your kingdom, and not our own. We just thank you for this season of, of listening to Sam. Thank you for what we've heard today and look forward to the next session in Jesus' name. Amen.